The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. My name's Andy Mitten. I'm stood outside the Leaping Wolf pub, which is behind the Stan Cullis stand at Molyneux, the big double-decker stand, which is built in 2011. It's an hour and a half ahead of the FA Cup six-round game. And the United team coach has just gone in to the main stand. It's a pretty awful day. It's windy, it's been raining. We've got a new United We Stand on sale outside the away end. And it's not ideal conditions by any stretch. I was reminded earlier that on the equivalent weekend last year, it was United against Brighton, where the conditions were even worse. But we can't complain too much about the conditions for selling the mag this year. We've had a a pretty decent run. Uh, I'm going to get in the ground pretty soon. Some of the lads have been in a pub close to Wolverhampton City Centre and just try to shield the sound here because wind can play havoc with this podcast and it is really, really windy. I've just been to a game at Solio Moors who I think might have gone top of uh, the National League and they've got ambitions to go into the Football League and I went because it was by Birmingham Airport where I flew into and I was thinking who on earth off Solio Moors because Wrexham and Salford City and Leighton Orient they're going for that title I went to Solio it was a very um, very windy family friendly community minded club and they've got a huge team and they got a win but you don't listen to this to listen to stories about Solio Moors do you um, I'm with a couple of lads uh, Tom where are you from mate how old are you I'm um, and I'm from Manchester how long have you been going away games uh, for five years now and how many games do you go to in a typical year? Probably miss about four away games a year. Most likely no home games a year. Where do you go in the ground? Um, sitting in Stratford End. Do you? And what have you made of this season? It's been ups and downs. There's been a few good results. Paris, obviously, last week. And Were you there? Yeah, I was there in Paris. And got in the away end? Yeah, got in the away end, yeah. So good, good result in the end. But ups and downs, like losing to Arsenal, this gives us a tough... Um, Thing, ambition to make the top four so it's going to be tough it's going to be a good fighting race but if we can get through tonight say 2-0 down at a minute get through tonight we should crack on and maybe go and win a trophy this year and you're a 20 year old lad how many of your mates are getting to away matches Manchester lads there's a, probably only an handful of lads now really that are going to the games it's hard, getting a lot harder to get tickets it's Ridiculous! It's struggled for tonight. Got my little cousin by my side, but um, he's we both struggled to get a pair of tickets. But we got there. In You're the very end. lucky. Very lucky, yeah. Fourteen and a half thousand people applied for tonight. Four and a half thousand tickets. I know, but if you look at it, it's only seven thousand people applied for the league game. Where are all these other seven thousand come from? Have you got down from Manchester today? Just come down on um, the Stonium coach. And what's the uh, crack like on there? What the lads like uh, on there? It's been a good laugh. We went Paris on there with a few of the lads. So You went to Paris on a bus? Paris on a bus. What time did it leave Manchester? 11 o'clock on um, the Monday evening. So you travelled through the night? Through the night and got to Paris about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Did you sleep on the way there? No, not on the way there. You can do that when you're 20, mate. There's not a chance I could do that now. Um, so, did you go, what, Dover? Yeah, uh, just went uh, by the English Channel crossing. Oh, on, well, on the, the boat or on, on the, the Eurostar? Yeah, and after the game, did you sleep? No, it's come straight home then. Uh, then went to bed. You must have been knackered. 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 I just couldn't do that now. But what a buzz. 
that that is probably one of the best top ten moments in United's history. I think 100%. Uh, certainly away from from finals, it was absolutely brilliant. Look, your mates laughing at you because you're on the on the podcast there. Because they're too cool. Come on, it got a little special guest there. It's my little brother, Harry. How old are you? Um, twelve. And you've well, we've got uh, wolves away. Yeah. You, how many away games have you been to now? Five or six now. In total. Yeah. So which games have you been to? Went to Arsenal in the Cup. I went to Newcastle. I went to Leicester. I went to Burnley. Burnley last season or this season? Burnley last and this season. You're a lucky lad. Yeah. You're very, very lucky. No way was I going to away games when I was your age. What have you been making in United this season? Yeah. Um, I think it has been like um, really, really good that um, Solskjaer is now in. Mm-hmm. You like him? Yeah. You're loving him? Really good, yeah. yeah. Who've yeah. been your best players? Rashford has come on. Pogba. Yeah. Lukaku now for the last couple of games, so looking good. So you go to away games with your, with your cousin? Tom, yeah. And you go in pubs? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And just a buzz, you're a very lucky boy. Yeah. And what you save your pocket money up about to buy the tickets. Yeah. And you've come down on the Mostonian. You should be coming on the monkey bus. <laughs> you know, if we stand, you're part of the family. Now I've got I've got a lot of respect for uh, the lads who do the Mostonian bus. Um you better talk us through a story here. And it's it's very close to home and I'm gonna hold it together here, but I, I came out of football training about six weeks ago to see this story going viral on the internet of Juan Mata turning up at a training session in Wivenshaw because a, a little lad had lost his dad. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a lovely thing for Juan Mata to do. And I've since spoke to Juan Mata about it. <laughs> and uh, he had no idea that you and I were related. Um, and I looked on the internet, I'm thinking, that's my little brother. That's the little fucking ferret. That's you. What happened? Well, well, I was there and then I turned Who did you play for? Um, Wiganshaw Town. Right. And what happened? You went training? Yeah, and then when I turned around, there we was. And I thought, why is he here? Did Fergus so get Fer- him? Fergus is your manager and Fergus goes to every United game home and away. Yeah. So you thought that Fergus... Has organised it just for the, uh, the lads... But then I realised that it was one of the mums who was a dog walker for him and spoke to his wife and told him that a lot... His girlfriend, he's not married. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he told her about how I lost my dad and then she said that she can get a signed shirt. So when I was out there, he was... Passing footballs in and then we were having shots. Yeah. And How long did he stay with you for? Like for four to five to an hour. He and was he was awesome. crossing balls in for you? Yeah. And what did your teammates think of it? I think it was absolutely awesome. And then at the end, he, um, he um, said my name and then I went up and then he got a shirt out for me. So he asked who you were and yeah. he gave you a shirt? Yeah. 
and and then we and then and then we are gonna get it framed. So, um, Evelina, who's Pan's girlfriend, she's she's from Malmo, and their dog Walker is yeah. one of the parents yeah. of your football team, and she asked her. Yeah. She had no idea what what I do for a living. And that's how it all came about. Yeah, it was it um, was one of the best days. It was just absolutely awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lovely lad, isn't he? Yeah. And where have your shirt? Where's his shirt? Have you sold it? No. <laughs> um, we are getting Fergus to um, frame it. Yeah. Yeah. And you spoke to Juan's girlfriend as well. No. But she came down to watch your training with us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so the noise you can hear in the background, it's a lay, a lay, a lay. This is a Wolves pub we're in. There's a few United fans in here because I've seen them, but it is very Wolves in here. Yeah. Um, you better be careful, you know. Have you heard about Wolves' hooligan mob? Yeah. <laughs> so they actually they carry with them a real wolf. I'm not blagging. Yeah. They're like, they've got a real wolf travels with them. So you'll hear the, you'll hear the roar of the wolf. Yeah. So you hear that, get on your toes. Yeah. Where where are you sat in your way end? Yeah, in the way end. Really I think it will be a really hard hard um, really hard game because Wolves are in good form. Yeah. They beat Liverpool in the cup. Yeah, they did. They look very good, but I'm sure we can get the win tonight. Can I have a score prediction, please? I think 3-1 United. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the game. Yeah, thanks. Well done, Craig, to be fair. Thanks to the stars for us tonight. Hey, I've got a ticket, cos... Uh... I've, I've dropped... I've dropped... I've dropped the friend off. Somebody hasn't turned up. They've got in the box. The bank is organised. He can't go, so I've had his ticket. So it just happened tonight. It's, it's to the stars tonight. How long have you followed Wolves for? Far too, far too long to turn down the bank. In, in the doldrums, right, when we spoke. But we only had the same bank, mate. I've been out of the for a long time, but this is probably the best Wolves team I've ever seen. And I know sometimes it can be frustrating. And like you fame well, you're right, well, I think the commitment's very, very good. How does that win tonight compare with other great moments for Wolves? Showing my eyes now, but how old are you? 47, mate. But when we, when Don Goodman scored the goal against Leeds to get us into the semi-final, I mean, this shows we haven't had a lot of success, but that was a great day as well. But I just think the Wolves, the Wolves teams, um, generally, they play some great football at the moment, and um, I think they deserve the praise. It's, uh, Quite a totally different game than what we played last year. But, uh, we've been talking about walls, mate, so looking forward to it. Well, let's go to the semis again. It's uh, after the game, and with a good friend of mine, David Harrison, who's a long-time Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter, so I thought I'd get him on the, the podcast. How are you feeling? Well, pretty elated, actually. Um, I'm a bit surprised that we made it look fairly comfortable in the second half, especially. Uh, I don't think anybody would deny the victory. Um, I think you could say that United were a bit predictable, a bit ponderous, but Wolves played to their strengths, which was 
quick on the break, front two, get it, hold it up, it teams quickly. So, yeah, really just. How long have you followed Wolves for? Oh, damn. I'm oh, giving my age away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and nearly, nearly as old as Paddy Crerand, actually. So, uh, what, what yeah, first my game? first Wolves game was in 1958 um, against Aston Villa. And, uh, Billy Wright had just retired, actually. And um, we had a decent team. You're the best in the world. Well, early 50s, yeah. yeah. I mean, Stan Collis hailed them as the champions of the world after they'd yeah. beaten Onred and Spartak, Moscow and Dynamo. Yeah, but we've had our ups and downs since. Blindly. What would be the, the lowest down, the, the, the mid-80s when crowds were yeah, went as low as sort of three or four thousand? Yeah, we, we went down to the bottom tier, didn't we? And um, Four straight relegation? Three straight relegation? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was during that reign of the infamous Barty Brothers when... Uh, you know, they came here, took over, looking for a planning development at the far end of the ground. It never came off. And they never were able to deliver the finance that was needed. So um, that was a pretty low point. I thought you were the better team at Old Trafford earlier on this season. You've got, you've got a crack inside here. You must be excited. Excited, yeah. But um, we played exciting football last season when we swept through the, cha- the championship. This season, it's been better organised, you know, they, they manage games well. Um, I mean, I, I can't think that United, apart from the goal in the last minute, they didn't create that much chance, you know. They, we no, played a very, very solid back five, but we break from there, you know, and the, the shield in front of them is good as well. So, um, yeah, organisation with a bit of flair, you know, you can't beat that, can you? This is a first trip to semi-final, 21 years. I it is it indeed, is. yeah. Was, um, when, when did Wolves last win a trophy? The last one a trophy. It was the League Cup in 1980. Andy Gray scored the winner against Nottingham Forest. All from about two yards out. And uh, Shilton and uh, David Needham got in a mix-up. And this town's buzzing at the moment, isn't it? It is. I mean, the city itself is a bit downtrodden, but yeah. the football club has lifted it, you know, lifted the gloom a little bit. Um, it's all focused around the club and what, what Nuno's done, and the owners, of course. I mean, they've ploughed money into it. You covered Manchester United as a journalist, what, seven or eight years ago? Yeah, it was actually. I had some good times. What were your good times covering United? Cheer me up. <laughs> the, um, which European Cup win did I see? Am which I... one? It was uh, Moscow, 2008. Moscow, yeah. yeah. The John Terry... Yeah. Falling on his what was Fergie like to deal with? I got on all right with him. Um, you know, he has his prickly moments, and I was I was banned from the training ground twice for no no reason <laughs> other than he could. And um, we had a bit of a report because he, he he was from a working class background, and he knew what I was. You know, my grandfather was a miner and he was shipyards and trade unionist and that. So we had that kind of empathy, and uh, he always treated me pretty good. Are you from this part of the world? Yeah, I was born in a place called Tipton. Yes, Steve Ball was from country. there. Me and Bully, yeah, we uh, speak the same language. We had to on one occasion, because when he got called up by England, he did his first press conference, and nobody could understand what he was saying, and I had to translate for him. Because so, uh, his accent was so thick. Very, very broad. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to you in black country now, you wouldn't. Go on, understand. just a little bit. Hey, well, you're a kid, you're all right. Really, just it's like a dialect almost, it is. isn't it? Different areas of the black country have got different dialects as well. 
I was going to go and visit the, the grave of Duncan Edwards tomorrow in Dudley. I've been there a lot. I've, Duncan Edwards, I interviewed his mum when she was still alive. I, I can't remember which anniversary it was now. I think it was probably 2008, which would have been the 50th anniversary. Was it the 50th or the 40th? And she told me lots of great 50, stories yeah. about, um, about Dunk. And interestingly, where I lived in Tipton was across the main road from where he lived, or his family lived on the Rensness estate, the Priory estate in Dudley. And his dad used to walk across past our house to go to work at Bean Industries, which was a factory in Tipton. And um, very quiet, unassuming man. After the crash, we never saw him again. Because, you know, he went to work at the graveyard, sweeping up the leaves. And his mum told me he just wanted to be close to Duncan. And, there, and there, obviously there's the young daughter who died at a very early age as well. But, uh, I mean, Sarah, the mother, was a lovely old lady. Um, she told me that when um, she, she first got to Munich in the hospital, Duncan was in bed, obviously. He was heavily sedated. And he was kind of half half awake and half not. His first words to her were, oh, come on, Mum, get me home. We're playing the Wolves on Saturday, which was due to be the next game, interestingly. This is an area which has long produced footballers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of good footballers, especially Duncan. Stan Collis tried to get him to Wolves numerous times, and uh, he only ever wanted to play for United. When Duncan first went from Wolverhampton to Manchester, he went with Dudley. another player from um, Dudley, okay, to Manchester, and he changed trains at Stafford. He went with another player from this area, from Wednesbury, called Gordon Clayton. Gordon was a goalkeeper, and he played for Manchester United's first team several times, Gordon. And Gordon was my dad's um, football manager for Ermston Town in the 1980s. Yeah. And he died at 56, Gordon, but uh, he would let us get, get the team access training at the cliff because of his United connections. Really? And, yeah, I mean, as a kid, I thought, wow, this man's played for Manchester United. Yeah, and it, yeah. it, him and Duncan were best friends, as, yeah. and they moved up to Manchester, and they, they, were, they were in digs together. Yeah. Um, will you win the FA Cup for us this year, please? We'll do our just, best. Just beat Manchester City. <laughs> that would be quite what, They were a bit lucky today, weren't they? I, don't, I, don't I haven't seen the highlights yet, but I'm told they got a few decisions to go their way. Take care, and thanks for your time. For United versus Watford, Red Army Bet are offering new customers a Bet 10, Get 10 offer. Make a first deposit of £10 or more with the code RABSports and claim a £10 bonus. Visit redarmybet.com for details. I'm just in the press room. Uh, Ollie Gunn has just spoken and he was quite optimistic and probably sound quiet because there's journalists working here, but I'm with one, uh, Rob Dawson, who's been on the podcast before, usually in happier times, but not always. What did you make of that tonight, Rob? Just that they got what they deserved, really. Um, weren't good enough. Sarshaw's basically come in here and, and said exactly the same thing. Um, weren't quick enough with the ball, didn't create enough. I think two shots on target with that front three is, is pretty dismal, really. Um, not, Ollie's come in here and hasn't, hasn't really pulled any punches and, and said all that, really, so that they got what they deserved, deserved to go out, and I'm not sure you can argue, really. It's a shame, in it, because this has been a good FA Cup run with some great wins at Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the problem, really. It feels like a bigger anticlimax than, than it would usually because they've worked so hard to get here. You know, to go to Arsenal and win and to, che- to go to Chelsea and win and see fantastic results, but you know, ultimately now they're wasted because they've come here and, and put in such a poor performance. Um, and it's a shame because um, it, you know, it was starting to mirror that, that 99 FA Cup run when they had to go to, to places and, and, and beat some of the big sides and, and went on to win it. Um, 
and really it's, it's unfortunate that they've come here and, and played so poorly and, and gone out. They were a good side, Wolves, we've got to give them credit. Yep. Yeah, they were. Um, and I was impressed with them when they came to Old Trafford, actually. I know that was a, at a time when United weren't playing particularly well, but um, they're very well organised, got some very good players, obviously spent um, a lot of money, but spent it very well on, on some fantastic players. Matinho, particularly, um, was great again, as he was at Old Trafford. Neves, another one who was, who was fantastic. Jimenez. Um, yeah, um, you know, you know that's, that's United's preferred midfield three with Herrera, Herrera back, Pogba, Matic, um, but Matinho and Neves were by far the best midfielders on the pitch and, and that tells you everything about how the game's gone really. Sergio Romero was probably United's best player, freak, really good saves. Yeah, fantastic and you know, never lets you down. Um, every time he's come in has, has played uh, played well, today particularly well. Uh, the, the save from Jimenez's head is, is fantastic, um, doesn't really deserve to be on the losing side and, and it's, it's a shame for him really because He's, he's obviously having limited games. Um, looks like he's been told that he was the FA Cup goalkeeper this year and really, off his performance tonight and, and in the other games, deserves to go to Wembley and play in an FA Cup semi-final and unfortunately that's not going to happen now. That was United's best chance to win a trophy this season? Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think most people would, would agree with that. Although saying that if you go, can go to PSG and win 3-1, then, then you shouldn't ever be counted out of winning the Champions League. I know that, that might seem fanciful on a night like this when they played so poorly the Wolves but um, if you can go beat, to Turin as well well yeah I mean, if you can beat those two sides in, in a Champions League campaign then um, anything is possible obviously Barcelona is a, is a, a tough ask of anyone um, but there is a chance but you're right You know, the FA Cup probably was Solskjaer's best chance of winning a trophy and, and it's unfortunate that it's ended um, in such a live display how much work do you think United need to do to get up to the level of being the top teams? Because we've seen them winning Turin, we've seen them winning Paris, but I think if they play PSG ten times and Juventus ten times, they might win once or twice. Yeah, and, and I think most fans would probably agree with that. I've, ne I've always thought that the, the benchmark for United squad is whether or not it can win the Champions League. I think if, if you build a squad that can build, win the Champions League, the, the Premier League takes care of itself. Um, obviously, from judging by some of the performances this season, particularly this one at Wolves, um, that squad is a long way off from, from being a, a real Champions League contender. Um, there is work that needs to be done. I think Solskjaer acknowledges that. I'm sure that Ed Woodward thinks the same. Um, you, you're probably talking about three or four real serious quality players to, to make this a Champions League winning side. Um, and that really should be what United are aiming for. They should be looking at the squad each summer and thinking which areas can we improve um, when you players in that can win that Champions League, get back, get back to finals like they used to, um, and, and base their recruitment policy on, policy on that, um, because United are one of the, the biggest clubs in the world, and they should be focused on winning the Champions League every year. Which positions do you think United need, need to strengthen? I did a piece last week where I said they've got to sort of defence out. Yeah. Um, central defence, right back, maybe need another forward if Alexis Sanchez is not going to going to start playing. No, and I would agree with that. And that's not to say that the players at Old Trafford aren't good players. The difficulty is that you're looking for players who can win the, the Champions League, you know, the, the top club competition in the world. So, you know, it's it's fine that you want to offer people like Chris Morlin and, and Phil Jones new contracts because... But they're not Benucci and Cellini. No, and exactly, that's exactly my point. Um, and there's there's a few in the squad that, that you would say that about. Um, Matic, possibly, Herrera. Um, you know, good. These are good players, good Premier League players are the Champions League winners and that, that should be the benchmark for, for anyone that comes in at United um, 
the defence particularly is, is an area that you'd look at. I think they need a, a top quality centre half, someone like a, a Yapstam um, to go alongside Victor Lindelof, who's, who's I think has been very good this year. Um, they're probably going to need a right back. Um, Ashley Young is is done particularly well in that in that position, but um, is advancing years. Diego Dalla is, is going to be very good, but is is still a little bit young. Um, there are just a little, one or two little tweaks I think that they need to make to, to get back up to that level of a Barcelona now. Did they need another forward? Yeah, I think so. Do you um, think Lukaku will stay? Yeah, I think Lukaku will stay, but again, he's another one. Um, a good Premier League goal scorer, has scored goals wherever he's been. Is he the type of striker that wins you the Champions League? Probably not. Um, I would keep him because he's he scores goals in the Premier League and he's a proven Premier League goal scorer. But um, I think that there probably does need to be more ruthlessness up front, a, a real clinical one chance, one goal striker. Um, that right side of that that front three has, has been a problem for a, a couple of seasons now. I think that's probably somewhere that they need to address. Um, you know, obviously you've got very talented players up there: Anthony Marshall and Marcus Rashford. Jesse Lingard is, is having another good season. Um, Are they consistent enough? Possibly not, and hopefully that will come with experience. You know, you're talking about the three there and Lukaku, um, four relatively young players. Hopefully, that um, the more experience they get, the more big games they play, like um, PSG away, they'll learn um, to be more consistent. And you can only hope that, that, that that's the case. Um, you know, that's that's one thing that United players do need. That United players should be built around playing big game after big game after big game and winning them. Um, and you have to play. You have to be able to, to replicate your top level week in, week out. Um, that's how you become a top player. That's how you become a, a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Messi. And, and that's what really, that's what those players should be aiming at. So next, we've got a couple of weeks off. They've got to get this season back on track, haven't they? I mean, Oli Gunnar just said then that they're in a good position in the league. Certainly a far better position than, than when he took over. But that fourth place still looks pretty in the balance yeah it is I mean it's, you know, it's not a done deal by, by any stretch um, you know, I think this is Ollie's first serious challenge now um, you know it's, it's not an easy job but it's easier when you're winning games um, momentum counts for an awful lot in football and um, when things are going well everyone's happy and, and, it, and it, that, it can be a snowball effect they've lost two games on the bounce um, the international break has come at probably the worst time for him because he won't be able to see his players now for two weeks um, he just said that in his press conference today that he hopes that it works the other way and that the players can go away and come back um, recharged and, and focus on that Watford game to, to restart the, the running really um, and that's what needs to happen it, it needs to get back on track very very quickly because it, it, it feels like it's at, the season is at a point where it can either go um, very well between now and the end of the season or or it could unravel. Um, the difficulty is with the, the season that these players have been through, with um, the start under Jose Mourinho, Mourinho going, a new manager coming in with a new set of ideas, um, riding away for a little bit. They've been through an awful lot. And the, whatever you say about the confidence, the confidence will be quite fragile um, because they have been through a lot and they have had some horrendous performances and horrendous results this season. Um, hopefully, they can get back winning games very quickly and they can start going the right direction because... The other way around is that the season just fizzles out, which would be a, a huge disappointment after after what all these managed to do it. We mentioned Sergio Romero finally. David De Gea has been offered a contract which would make him the best-paid goalkeeper in the world. United have got concerns about the size of the agent's fee. 
He should just sign it, shouldn't he? Well, I'd like him to. I think every United fan would, would hope he would. Um, I think it's probably a, a bit more complex for him than that. I think every United fan would look at that situation and think, why not? Does he not want to sign a huge contract to play for Man United? Well, no, he's a, he's a Spanish lad. Um, he's got ties to Madrid. Um, Madrid, who dropped their expensive goalkeeper today. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I th maybe that is part of the problem. Maybe United thought that once Courtois went to Madrid, that it was um, signed and sealed, that, that David would stay here. Obviously, that isn't working out as they'd hoped. And, you know, when Real Madrid are one of the, the biggest clubs in the world as well, and they would have every right to look at David De Gea as, as someone that can improve their side. Um, I certainly hope he stays. I think United need him to stay because you get to the you know, some players are, are irreplaceable goalkeepers particularly are very hard to replace I think it would be a nightmare if he did decide to leave um, but you know there are, there are things that matter to players more than money and more than um, you know, more than what's in your pay packet and I, I don't think any United fan would begrudge him looking for something else where if that's the decision he decided to make because he has been a fantastic servant for United um, hopefully he stays I'm not sure it's, it's just a done deal just yet and Paul Pogba, his position looks a lot more settled than it did before before Christmas. Yeah, um, and again, you would hope so. Um, you know, I, th I think he was he was put through the ringer a little bit by what happened with with the former manager. Um, You're not allowed to mention his name. I don't. I don't really want it to be honest. <laughs> um, I think that he was there was there was times where he didn't help himself, but I also think there were times where he was unfairly treated. Um, and I think that Ollie's has done a fantastic job of, of getting him on side very quickly, um, putting him in his best position. You know, it's not rocket science to get the boy near their goal and let him make goals and score goals. Um, I'm not sure he's done anything that's um, particularly magical with him. He's just made him feel loved and, and put him in a proper position. Um, and hopefully, it has made him feel settled because I think. He would have been well within his rights at one point under under Mourinho to, to look at other options. Um, hopefully, he feels like he's got a lot of unfinished business here because, um, again, another another young player who's got an awful lot more to come, and, and hopefully, that's at United. Thanks for your time, Rob. The Manchester United soap opera continues. Going to speak to some other people now. It was half eleven by the time I came out of Molyneux into the emptying streets around the ground and drove out of Wolverhampton. The people were in the pubs, the pubs were full. The place was happy, and it would be. If you're Wolves and you're a one-team town and you've beaten Manchester United, you'd be buzzing with that. I feel really disappointed that United are out the FA Cup. It was the best chance of winning a trophy this year, and there's still much to play for, and Ole Gunnar said that, but I feel that Winning the FA Cup this year would have been um, it would have been significant for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to to lift that trophy uh, less than six months into the job. Now it wasn't a given because it's a cup competition; it gets harder as you get further into it. And there's still very strong teams left. And I've read that Manchester City have been exceptionally lucky against Swansea, so that's pretty foreboding that they seem to be getting all the luck at the moment. So United now have got a two-week break. We will do another podcast um, in the middle of that. We've done a couple of interviews where with former players, which might be of interest. And then it's Watford at home for the next one. And then we've got that run in April where we play Barcelona twice, 
City, Chelsea, uh, West Ham, Everton away, uh, Wolves away as well, going back to Wolves on the 2nd of, of April. Uh, the Barcelona draw, I watch Barcelona a lot and I'm, I, I, I'm excited by it because I'd like to see Manchester United and Barcelona playing actually in camp now and in Old Trafford rather than in Gothenburg and San Francisco and Washington, which are three of the places that I can recall seeing them in recent years on pre-season friendlies. And I think that two giants of world football should be meeting more often than once a decade. I know it's uh, 11 years since they met in a knockout tie with those two European Cup finals in Rome and Wembley. Less said about them, the better. Barca are brilliant. They're probably the best team in the world. And... They move up through the gears, especially at home, and I would have loved to have seen the second leg at Old Trafford because Barca can wobble away from home, but at home they're, they're so strong. But then Juventus are so strong and Paris Saint-Germain are so strong, so we can go into it with a lot of hope. Clearly Manchester United will be underdogs, but that's done the team no harm so far, and it just feels good being in the Champions League in April. And looking forward and people talking about uh, Barca at Old Trafford and the buzz of going to camp now. Uh, your United fans will get 5,000 tickets. 4,800 of those will be on the upper tier. Uh, they're quite high up. Well, they're very high up and they'll be a net in front. So it's not the perfect away end by any stretch. But Barcelona's a great city. Usually decent weather in April. And just to see Lino Messi live... That's if he doesn't get injured first. And Barca have got a tough run of games before they meet United, whereas United have got eight days off after that Wolves away match. Barca go to... Well, they've got a Catalan derby against Espanyol, and Espanyol despise Barca. They're going to be really up for it. And then there's a game against Villarreal away. Villarreal have had a poor season, but they're a good team. They're in the quarters of the Europa League. Then there's first v second, Barca against Atletico Madrid. That's FA Cup semi-final weekend. And Barca are going to win the league. They're in the domestic cup final. They're going for the treble. And they would love it to win that in Madrid. Uh, but Manchester United are in their way. Uh, Barca fans who I've spoken to. And journalists and people at the club, they're, they're optimistic. They respect United greatly as a, as a club. But they know that this isn't uh, a vintage United side. I'm hoping that Oli Gunnar can change that and make it a great United team. I think he'll be... Backed in the summer, unlike at say Ajax, where they know they're going to lose the best players, United will have significant amounts of money to spend, and hopefully will spend it a bit better than how the club have spent it in recent years. There's still the issue of the sporting director. There's been no update since I last wrote an article on that subject. The club are looking for a sporting director to work alongside the manager and alongside Edward Wood, and I think it's clear that. United can strengthen and need to strengthen and as Rob was saying there's good players there, there's very good players there are they the best in their positions in the world? No, are they, in, are they the top half dozen best in their positions in the world? In some cases definitely not so as ever these are interesting times and disappointing times my overriding feeling now is disappointment that the team are out the FA Cup, a competition I love a competition which was a huge deal to United in 
in the 80s and in the 70s when Liverpool used to win the league all the time and Manchester United uh, didn't. And probably just switch off to it now because it'll be City or whoever else is left in it. Millwall, Wolves. <laughs> and we'll focus now on the league and, uh, and the Champions League. The new mag did go on sale in the, the rain at Wolverhampton and we'll have that on sale against Watford and Barcelona, which was an unexpected bonus. It'll be in the shops this Wednesday. Um, most of the subscription copies went out on Saturday morning. The rest will be in the post on Monday morning. We couldn't get them all out on Saturday because of the weather. Um, the the lorry bringing them um, took a lot longer than usual. So we got a lot out, but we couldn't get them all out. So they'll be arriving uh, at your place where you've ordered it to. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And we'll be back with a podcast probably later on this week. And... Thanks for listening and cheer up. Until then, goodbye.